This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, May 21st, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a guy who always celebrates his teammates' dunks, Jerem Jordan. Listen, I try and be a good teammate. Uh, I learned that from Dalton Nixon. And uh, last night we had in the NBA the Wizards uh, winning, and Russell Westbrook had this amazing photo with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's dunking, but here we are in this. <laughs> now, I, I think your neck needs to be checked. Yeah, there's some uh, serious contortion going on there yeah. that doesn't seem right. Yeah, so it, yeah, I'm celebrating your dunking as Bradley Beal, and I'm Russell Westbrook. I have a lot of triple doubles and no self-awareness. Uh-huh. I'm that creepy mannequin that can move his head all the way around yes. his body. Yep, Let's, yep. And blue uh, goggles on make it even better. Oh, playing with the goggles is the next level. I do want to point out we do have an addition to the set. Sean Olmstead has given us a signed ball from the 2020 volleyball team. Yeah. Um, and I said, is this game used? And he's like, probably. It's definitely used. Uh, but it has signatures of all the team, which is pretty cool. And I said, I don't even care if this is true. I'm just going to say this was the ball that won the MPSF. I'm just going to So that was the ball that won the MPSF. Don't pretty, let facts get pretty, in the way of a good story. Uh, yeah, and and uh, I'm changing the narrative. BYU did win the national championship. This is the <laughs> ball that won it. It's awesome. Also, you're suggesting that Russell Westbrook has no situational awareness, Jerem? No. Not situational, because his situational awareness is really high. Like, he can get triple-double. Self-awareness. Oh, uh, okay. About what's happening with you around you. 15 games below five hundred in the playoffs. That's, Welcome to the Eastern Conference. That's fun. Yeah, how about that? Here's your show lineup. We're 15 games over five hundred or something like that. The perfect, that's it? The perfect schedule for BYU football, what does it comprise? How many power fives? How many group of five teams? How many cakewalks, if you will? Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, will join us to discuss that and much more. And both BYU softball and baseball working for bounce back specials today. One of those teams in a must win scenario. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN announced the teams and dates for men's hoops in the Diamond Head Classic featuring BYU as well as Hawaii, Liberty, Northern Iowa. South Florida, Stanford, Vanderbilt, and Wyoming on December 22nd, 23rd, and 25th. So, little uh, Christmas action. We'll see what bowl game BYU's in. So, this might be Greg Rubel hanging in Hawaii for Christmas. It might be Greg Rubel at a bowl game somewhere else. It might be Shep. We'll see. There's nothing like making that easy flight from Honolulu to Louisiana, if that's the case. (laughs) Because we were talking about it, we think this is the Independence Bowl Shreveport, Louisiana year, right? So... Penciled in already. Isn't there a direct from Honolulu to Shreveport? Naturally. On (laughs) Shreveport Air. Elijah Bryant, who we spoke to earlier this week, and his Milwaukee Bucks begin their NBA playoff campaign tomorrow against Miami, 2 p.m. Eastern. Bryant scored 16 points in his Bucks debut as they closed out the regular season. I don't anticipate that he will see much court time tomorrow, but his role is to be a fan and be a good teammate. That's what he's going to do. He's getting paid to go to the game. Softball loses its opening game of NCAA Regionals to Virginia Tech 5-2. The Cougars now need to win four games in a row to advance. Tonight, 6-30, uh, BYU plays the Salukis. Everyone know what a Saluki is, right? A horse? It's a dog. Oh, it's, it's a, a dog. It's a breed of dog. Okay. Yep. 
Uh, like in Egypt, anciently, a Saluki was popular. Little Egypt in that area of Illinois is a nickname for the region. Nice. Uh, of Southern Illinois on ESPN3. Cougars versus Saluki. You got to win or your season's over. Let's go. Oh, no, Virginia Tech ranked number 21 in the country. BYU had the bases loaded in the last inning with one out down by four runs. They were able to manufacture one run but couldn't Spoiler quite, alert. Couldn't didn't, quite didn't work get the big hit. All right, BYU baseball also losing their first game in a three-game set against Pepperdine. Not in the NCAA tournament, but still losing stinks. 6-3 to three the final. Those two teams will match up again today. 8 Eastern broadcast live on the BYU TV app. Hats optional last night? Apparently. Well, when you're sliding out of play to make a catch, <laughs> the hat can come off, right? Hats optional. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to wear a hat? I don't a, know. Is that a rule? I don't know if that is a rule within college baseball. I'm guessing it is, but I've never thought about it. Do you have to you have wear, to wear a hat? the hat? Do you have to be in uniform with is the that remainder part of, of the your uniform? Team? Yeah. Do you have to wear a batting helmet? Like you'd be an idiot if you didn't. Anyway, <laughs> I'd highly recommend that. <laughs> Think it out loud here. Unless you're Adam Sandler in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is it hockey season yet or what? <laughs> Track and field is sending an NCAA high 69 entries to the NCAA preliminary round. That's amazing. Third most in program history. 30 of those are top 15 in their events, which is also incredible. Prelims are next week, May 26th through the 29th, in David Nixon's hometown, College Station, Texas. How about that? Record number of entries. Pretty cool. I guess we shouldn't be surprised because they've done That's everything so else many. for the first time yeah, ever this season. Yeah, and it's like season. Connor Mance with like four or something. You know. Holy cow. Former BYU men's volleyball coach Chris McGowan is now the head coach of the United States Collegiate National Women's Team. He'll coach next month, June 13th through the 18th in Anaheim. Team comprised of the top 28 volleyball players representing 15 different universities. No BYU players in that, but a former men's assistant also is there. Rob Browning is the St. Mary's oh, yeah. coach. Uh, by the way, the, the crack research uh, team discovered that you do have to wear a hat. Okay. You have to wear a hat. It is a requirement. Okay. Ken Griffey Jr. says, you don't have to wear it for Can we develop that requirement for Studio B so we can just show up we and just wear, wear hats it. every day? It's a rule. There's no rule against us wearing hats here. Well, the lighting ben, people might Ben's have an issue with that. no. The, li- the lighting experts might have it. That's how I uh, approached the mission rules. <laughs> said, well, ben, I ben just got in no our ears yet. and said no. <laughs> All right. It's, it's <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. First and foremost, Jerem, this is something that we have not done very much lately, so let's get to it. BYU football kicks off their 2021 college football season in how many days? Down to the Wildcats. 106. We're close. 106 days away. I was at the student athlete building yesterday and uh, talking with some of the personnel over there and thinking fall camp starts in like 75 days. Okay. That's crazy. Let's go. I mean, it's been a crazy spring. So I want that. Everything I, feels accelerated. If we skipped, you know, I, I do love like vacation time, whatever. Uh, June, July. We just like eliminated that and just. Skipped right to August. I'd be fine with that. Really? Yeah. I want football. Now. You just handle your vacation May, August and call it good? Who needs vacation? I want, <laughs> I want football. Like, I'm, I'm thinking like the number three reason, purpose of my life is to watch BYU. 
that's pretty high up there. Like it's like God, family, football. <laughs> like, and and like I think in that order. Respect. There are a lot I of think? people that are listening that are respecting. Broncos like right football's there. fifth. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. It's at least number three. I don't know. This year's BYU football schedule, as you are well aware of, Jerem, features seven Power Five opponents. More, more. compared to. How many Power 5 teams did BYU play in 2020? Uh, That would be zero. Yeah, zero in 2020 when the schedule blew up thanks to a global pandemic. Seven seems like a lot, Jerem. Mm -hmm. Zero seems very much like it's not enough. Mm -hmm. So my question is, what is the perfect schedule for BYU football that can attract high-level recruits but also sets BYU up for major success on the field. This is a good question because if the schedule's too weak, you're not going to get good players. If the schedule's too tough, you're not going to win, and because of that, you might not get good enough players. So there's a sort of balance there that needs to happen. I would submit the following question. What is the point? Like, what do you, as a BYU fan, Spencer and me, what do we want out of the season? If the point is to make a New Year's Six game, Schedule as few Power Fives as possible, right? Because you have to be undefeated to get a shot at that. I would submit that that's not the point of BYU football. If the point is to win 10-plus games every, I don't know, once every four years, maybe it's like two a year. Then you give yourself a shot to only have, say, one or two losses. Okay, so right? a special or great season once every four years. Yes. if I, I would think you would, again, don't argue with me that BYU just needs to play better. That's not, no, that's a poor argument. The schedule is a controllable element here. But again, within the schedule, you can't control how good that team is that year. Okay? If the point is to appease, and this is what I think it is, appease ESPN, the fan base, ticket sales, and win seven to nine games a year, three to four. If you want to win four to seven a year, go five plus, which is where BYU is now, mm, right? Okay. Like you can overcome that, but generally you're going to sit in that like six, seven range realistically. There was one year where it was four. It was bad. Okay, here's my idea schedule. Three power fives. Utah's one of them. Get a big name, a Wisconsin, a USC, Alabama, Clemson, whoever, Ohio Ohio State, okay? Um, And a winnable game, like in Arizona. Okay. In Arizona State. Those are winnable, right? Three quality group of fives, a Boise State, a Cincinnati, a UCF, those types where they are, you know, top 40 uh, overall programs. And then six winnable games. You're going to have one FCS plus five others. One of those will be Utah State. At times, Utah State has been a quality group of five game. Um, you know, a team that's like flirting with the top 40 in FPI or whatever. Okay. This is, this appeases to me, everybody, because the six winnable games, you're, ge- you're going, you're going to get to a bowl game. You win at least five of those. Okay. If not all six, three quality group of fives. You're hoping to go two and one, three and oh, and that. And then the P fives, you're hoping to go, uh, two and one in that. Okay. Right. So then you, then you're getting into the, at least let's say BYU struggles. You're at least getting to eight wins. Eight wins is very respectable. That's a good season to me. If you go 9, 10, 11, you know, 12's not happening if you're playing three power fives, in my opinion. But to me, that's the, the, the ideal schedule. And again, it's not this simple or easy. And sometimes I think maybe I make it sound like it's just as simple as schedule a certain amount of power fives. But if, if it were up to me, that I think would appease all parties. Okay. And I think that we should note that 2020, even though there were zero power fives, it was largely out of BYU's control. Completely, completely out of, out of BYU's control yeah, yeah. Totally. when we got further into the summer and all these Power 5 conferences said, no, 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 we're not playing non-conference games. And BYU's like, uh, okay, well, we're just going to schedule yes. who will even play us. Absolutely, and it was awesome. So there was a pass. And so BYU fans 
were just excited to have football games. It didn't matter yes. who it was against. Correct. Just play football. We'll be excited about it. And they made the most of that. Now that the COVID pandemic is seemingly coming to a close in terms of not allowing fans and Power 5 conferences getting back to normal schedules, there's not going to be a pass for that. If BYU came back with another schedule this year like they had last year, no question, then fans would be up in arms about this. That's too easy. I don't want that. People, I agree with yeah, you. I would hate that every year. You have to yeah. appease a lot of parties. All that went out the window in 2020. You have to appease a yeah. lot of different partners in all of this. So I agree with you 100%. ESPN, fans, you want to sell tickets, recruits. Yep. You want it to be an exciting brand of football. There's something to the idea of playing a bowl game feel, you know, every week. Like, that's fun where it's like, oh, there's, this is a new opponent BYU's never played out of this Power 5 conference. Let's visit those storylines. But winning six to seven games is not fun. It's just mediocre. I would so, argue that even eight uh, consistently. Like, we got bored with that with Bronco Mendenhall. Sure. We did. Okay. So you have three Power 5s. I'm okay if BYU plays four Power 5 teams. To me, it's more about the placement of the Power 5 games, when, where, and the quality of that Power 5 team that BYU plays. But that's where it gets really tricky because ESPN comes in and says, hey, we want you to play USC. You cool? And Tom Holmes like, uh. I've asked this question. Sure. How many times does Tom say no to ESPN? Who knows? How much can he? Only he knows you know what I mean? the answer to that question. So four Power 5 games – Preferably Utah and three others. I yeah. like the game against Utah every year. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Everyone's on board with that. I know that the hiatus is going to happen again. Whatever. Three high-level G5 games. Boise State, a yeah. couple of AAC opponents. So four Power Fives, three high-level G5s. That's seven games right there. Four should-win games. And then one FCS blowout. Strategically placed at a point of the schedule between power fives, ideally, where <laughs> BYU can rest up and get ready and give some experience to some of those guys. Yes, that's ideal. It's it seems like eh, it shouldn't be that hard. It is really hard to put together a schedule and try and hit all of these different things. Yes, but Absolutely. I submit to you, Jerem, the 2022 BYU football schedule as currently constituted, which I believe please make it manifest fits oh, this good. mold. Fits the mold that I just brought up. Okay. BYU opens the season at USF. Mid-level AAC opponent. That's a winnable game. That's one of those winnable games. BYU returns home. Wasn't in 2018. They return home on September 10th to host the Baylor Bears. Baylor in Provo. Oh, the grimes Mateos game. Okay. That's fun. The 17th of September at Oregon. Tough game. Yeah, that's tough. That's that high-level game. That's the high-level power that's five the game. the highest-level game. Yep. Followed by a home game against Wyoming. Win. Followed by a home game against Utah State. Win. Followed by a home game against Arkansas, which is Winnable, bottom of the SEC. Winnable power five. It's in like, Provo. Like that's a, a okay. good matchup. Yeah. Then at Liberty, October 22nd. Hopefully they will lose their outstanding quarterback. Okay. Like he's legit. In 22. Maybe he goes maybe after he goes this pro. season. Malik something. At Boise State, which all of a sudden doesn't, tough. doesn't scare me as much as it used to. Well, when we have the number two pick, yeah, it's sure. pretty easy. They just lost their and, head coach again. And 13 NFL players. Yeah, oh, tough game, always. Dixie State in Provo. Yep. Stanford on the road. Yep. Who knows? Yep. I mean, good, solid. It's hard to know if when, yeah, what's Stanford going to be. Right. Yeah, what, yeah. 
We'll see. And then there is a TBA against East Carolina, also in Provo. That's a guaranteed win because of revenge. Revenge factor, right? From 2017. That's one of the lowest days in BYU football. I'm looking at this schedule, and I'm thinking, okay. I, I like that. I only see, like, one game that I'm like, whoa, that's really hard, and that's at Oregon. Yes, this took 12 independent years to get to, by the way. Like, it, it, it took, take, a, took long a long time. time to sort of find. And obviously, we've grown in what we want and what we've seen, and Tom's grown as an athletic director in terms of balance and – you know, it's, I know it's complicated, but I think we're getting to the point, and this year is, again, an outlier the other way. Zero power fives to seven power fives. Yeah. Like, whoa! You're going to feel that. Trust me, in the middle of the season, we're going to go, eh, this wasn't last year with these guys in this schedule. But, yes, that, that kind of balance is way better. Really nice. More manageable. Who you're playing when you're playing. Absolutely. I'm all about the 2022 schedule. There are four power fives, which I know is one more than you want. Yeah, you, you sort of eliminate the 10-plus win possibility. L- largely. But, again, the 2022 schedule doesn't feature a ton of, like, whoa, Power 5 games. Okay, yes, we want only, you, only Oregon. We want you to answer our question of the day, what we've been discussing. What is the perfect schedule for BYU football that attracts recruits but also sets BYU up for success on the field? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Dan Smith answers on Twitter. <laughs> Two to three lower-tiered Power Fives with quality group of fives. Boise State, Utah State, AAC. Utah State's not currently a quality group of five. And one FCS. Schedule is still challenging enough, and BYU will get more wins per season to attract more recruits. Well, one will be Utah, and then I want a big name, like a like an Oregon or Wisconsin yeah. or whatever, like that level, where you're like, this could be a top 15 team type deal. That I I want that. I just don't want too many, right? Yeah. Like, and you don't am, want them to be back to back to back. Yes, you're just asking for losses. Like you're asking for one and two when you do that. You know, at Tough. Sports Bros on Twitter, the 2021 schedule is perfect. <laughs> Lots of what? Power Five games. Seven. Most of them are winnable. I don't disagree, but when you stack them together, no. BYU isn't trying to be a group of five teams, so it shouldn't schedule like a group of five team. I have more thoughts on that. We have no time. Coming up, <laughs> how does a live cougar on the sidelines sound? And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, will join us to discuss the perfect schedule for BYU football. We might ask him about the live cougar, too. This is BYU <laughs> Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Two games left for BYU baseball this season. Watch or listen tonight, 8 Eastern, as the Cougars play Game 2 against Pepperdine on the BYU TV app or on the radio, 107.9 FM in Utah or the BYU Cougars app nationally. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Happy Friday, everyone. This is how we do it. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. And joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom from his office is the always esteemed Greg Rebell, voice of the Cougars. We'll just look in his direction. His office is this way. Yeah, it's <laughs> somewhere just over here. Over there. So, yes, Greg, uh, it's great to have you back on the program. Again, happy Friday. We're, we're talking BYU football and perfect schedules. Um do you have a perfect schedule format in your mind for BYU football if you were to compile something and be in that meeting with Tom Holmo? Well, first of all, it's great to be with you upstairs. 
And uh, one of these days, yeah. we're going to be back together. I yes. can actually come downstairs. Just come yes. down right and, now. And... We'll just move over. Just come down right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I was thinking, uh, I, if you're going to say it's a it's a 12-game schedule, right, so we have a, a nice round number to work with every year, I kind of like it this way. Uh, a third of the games against good P5s, so that's four. Another third of the games against mid- to high-level G5s or low-level P5s. And then a third of the schedule of gimmies, games you're going to win. Uh, and, and that's going to put you more or less in the postseason every year if you can manage that kind of schedule. And so that's kind of how I think. I always want to be in a bowl game, obviously. You want to have enough heft in the schedule for all the reasons you talked about, attracting recruits, national play, and everything else. I think it's a nice little breakup, one-third, one-third, one-third of those, uh, of those different categories. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting balancing act, right? Because you want to appease ESPN. You want to appease to continue that relationship, and they've been awesome. They help BYU set up games too. You also want to appease recruits and the fans and the ticket sales and whatnot, but you also want to make sure you're in a eight to nine wins a season as much as possible thing, and then every now and then maybe you get a 10-win season, right? So, um, it, No, I, I, you're right, and, and we just realized you, you don't want the 2020 season every year, yeah. but the best thing about it was – even without the P5s that had been scheduled, you were in the conversation in November. Yeah. And how fun was that, again? for BYU? And, and the thing is, the national talking heads, they didn't care yep. about the fact that BYU didn't have the schedule it wanted because BYU was doing the best it could and rolling people in the process. And so BYU was, again, a story. And, and, and you know, as much as anything, that's what you want to be. And, and the Cougars were in that spot. Now, you can't be that way every year. We already talked about the many reasons why that can't happen. But uh, th- that's ultimately you, what, what you want, even with the tougher schedule, is to be part of the conversation. Yeah, and you don't want it to be too tough. That, you know, like seven power fives this year is going to be a challenge. It just is. Uh, BYU is not going to be in the college football playoff conversation this year. The hope is that BYU can continue to improve, continue to develop in year you know, five, six as a staff, uh, leverage what BYU did uh, nationally as a team and in the NFL draft with recruiting and build it up. And then, and then you can maybe take on a little more weight on the bar. My concern is, oh, shoot, we're expecting the same amount of reps with more on the bar, and it's just not realistic. But uh, I feel like BYU's headed in the right direction, which is great, and now we have a, a very challenging 2021 schedule. And, and Spencer and I were talking about this too, Greg. It's not just the number of, say, quality power fives or quality group of fives. It's kind of where they're placed too. And uh, that matters. And I think as BYU gets into year 11, 12 of independence, Spencer highlighted the 2022 schedule. Where yeah. they show up matters too. And, and ultimately, what you want to be is good enough, top to bottom, to, you know, to win a lot of games with the toughest schedules. And, and that's ultimately, I, I think, what, what Kalani and, and staff are talking about. And he's five years into it now, is you generate – um, uh, enough heat every year and, and bring in enough talent every year that, that even with the tougher schedules, you're still winning games. That it's not a matter of, well, you hit a, you hit a tipping point where, well, those are simply teams you can't beat. You want to be good enough to actually beat those teams. And, and, and ultimately, you know, I think that's what we're talking about. Greg Rebell with us on BYU Sports Nation. Of course, the seven Power Fives drawing a ton of attention from BYU fans, a lot of excitement about the teams coming to Provo. Now the big question is, well, who's going to be the quarterback or quarterbacks who start those games for BYU? And we've also had the conversation in recent days. How different will this BYU team be depending on whoever the starting quarterback is? So, Greg, 
I know this is kind of a silly question, but does it matter who the starting quarterback is for BYU if they're likely going to be projected to win eight or nine games? Is there going to be a big difference between whoever starts? Yeah, if, if you trust Aaron Roderick to make the right call, and I do, then it doesn't matter. Uh, he's going to pick the guy that gives BYU the best chance to win as many games as possible on this current schedule. And, and I do trust him. I mean, he's, and he's, and the great, the the interesting thing about it is he has such a a unique challenge in front of him (coughs) to really devise an offense based on either the talents of, of one exceptional quarterback or multiple other exceptional quarterbacks without the exact same skill set. And, and so there's more than just picking a guy, you're kind of picking an offense a little bit too, um, in, in terms of maximizing a certain guy's talents. And, and the more I think about, you know, picking a quarterback, I want to think back to last year at this time. Okay, there was a guy on the roster that was going to be the number two overall draft pick in the NFL, and he wasn't yet named the starter a year ago. <laughs> and he wasn't okay? the captain. <laughs> so, so Zach Wilson still had a competition to go through. Now, granted, COVID cut spring short last year. That said, they came out of spring – without having, at least publicly, a clear-cut starter, okay? And as far as Zach was concerned, and he talks about his, you know, the, uh, the chip on his shoulder, he was using that too because he wasn't named the guy. He was going to be the number two overall draft pick, and he went into August battling for the starter's spot, ostensibly. And, and so we also have to keep that in mind, um, that, that you know, the, the competition could be a very real thing this year, I mean, particularly because they actually said they were going to have one last year with a guy as good as Zach Wilson on the roster. It'll be interesting to see if I'm, you know, if I'm Aaron Roderick and I'm not. Uh, it, Jacob Conover, he's the future, but I don't, I, I don't want him to be the present. Here's why. BYU, he would have to do something no quarterback has ever done in BYU history. Play seven power fives. I just think when you have two guys who have started at least a couple games, the dynamicism of uh, Jaron Hall – the simplicity of, of what Baylor Romney does is exceptional. I want Jacob Conover's time to start perhaps in 22 or 23. We'll see. But it's a great problem, and I'm super excited. We're talking about 106 days till, till the season starts, like 75 until camp starts. That's going to be a fun battle, and uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see who wins it. I'm thinking Jaron Hall is going to win it, but uh, we'll see. Well, let's also remember, too, uh, last year was the exception to the rule, unfortunately, in terms of a starting quarterback that goes all the way. Um, history has proven over the last decade, you're probably going to need more than one guy. And if it's Jaron Hall starting, because of the way he plays, and, and we saw how he got banged up the last time he had extensive play, you're probably going to need more than just one guy. You hope that's not the case. Ideally, and again, they saw it last year, your guy on day one is your guy in, in game 12 and 13, and he takes every meaningful snap of the season. That's what Zach Wilson did. But that hasn't been the way it's gone for a long time at BYU. So it behooves the Cougars that they have more than just one guy really ready to roll. And the good thing is there are reps with the exception of Conover. There are reps in the program that should give Aaron and, uh, and the rest of the coaches and Cougar nation uh, a lot of confidence. Greg Rubel on BYU sports nation football out for the moment, basketball in Mark Pope just signed his latest transfer, a grad transfer, Tijon Lucas out of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Greg, what was your initial reaction to getting a much-needed point guard and one that has a backdrop of playing at Illinois and Wisconsin-Milwaukee? Well, the more Tijons, the better. You know, I miss <laughs> Tijon Caroma, and, uh, and it's good that we can get that back in the program one way or the other. So I, I do appreciate that. Uh, and, and, it's, and, 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 I, and again, I, I, when it comes to trust, I trust Mark Pope. 
And, and last year, there were a lot of questions about a COVID reconfigured roster and how all these guys would come together. And we saw just how well they did come together. And, and so when it comes to cobbling together pieces um, with a little more time together with COVID restrictions easing up, I really do trust uh, Coach Pope and his staff to, uh, to put together uh, another solid NCAA tournament team. And, and you know, you, you, you already spoke with T. John, you know, how impressive he came off and, and, and he's got a resume uh, to back it up. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm pumped to see what this group and if there are more additions to it, so be it. And if AB comes back, that's wonderful. Uh, the more, the better that way. Uh, I, I, you know, we've got to get through football, but uh, I, I want basketball season to get here quickly again, too. I just, I, I really, you know, th- that NCAA tournament experience was so quick to me. Um, it came and went, and I almost hardly really, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of conceptualized or had everything settle in with how that season ended because of everything that went into it to get to that point. It was so hard and such a grind to get to that spot and to help it be over so quickly was kind of tough. I know it was tough for me. It had to be, you know, infinitely, you know, tougher for the guys. Um, I just want to get that feeling back as soon as possible. BYU baseball playing its uh, penultimate game of the season. Yesterday we looked it up. Anti-penultimate is the third to last, mm-hmm. uh, or the last before the second to last. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, what do you want to see about uh, from BYU baseball in the final two games here? Well, a series win, right? You want to win out, uh, so you get another series win. Uh, that would be four straight series wins for BYU to end the regular season. Uh, one win uh, secures a conference winning record. Uh, they're not going to finish with an overall winning record, but there are some things to play for here in the last couple of days. Um, you know, they, they've already proven to be a bit of a spoiler on the road at San Diego. Uh, that was something they wanted to accomplish late in the year. Uh, just, you know, a few more clutch hits, a couple of solid pitching outings uh, from, uh, from, from Sterner and Roby today and tomorrow. And I think Coach Littlewood can be happy with the springboard he gives his team going into 2022. Uh, I, I think the future for this group is pretty bright. Um, they, they, they lose some important pieces, but uh, I, I think the nucleus, nucleus coming back for BYU is really encouraging. And I, again, you go, into, you go into Friday having lost Thursday, knowing that a series win is still in play, and that's what they're shooting for. You can listen to Greg on 107.9 FM locally in Utah or on the BYU Cougars app nationally for the Batcats tonight in Game 2 against the Waves. You can watch it on the BYU TV app. Greg? Always nice to talk football, basketball, and a little baseball with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking downstairs at you guys. Thanks. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. see you upstairs in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got the uh, Canadian National that's, Anthem back. It's the perfect uh, way to send Found it. the coolest Canadian off Thanks, on a Greg. Friday. Thanks, Greg. The voice of the Cougars on the Deseret First Credit Union Highline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Okay, coming up, Power 5 payoffs. What did we learn about each league? And a BYU basketball Christmas present? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYU SN right now, Cosmo is a new friend, and Kiki is getting ready to do the BYU softball hokey pokey, hopefully to a regional win today. Check it out on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and newly created YouTube channel. Okay. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it on a Friday. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. You like the idea of BYU men's basketball playing a game on Christmas Day? If I get it's to not be, an idea now. It's a thing. If I get to be there in paradise, yeah, I'm all for it, Jerem. Actually, I, I, is I, the fam there? If yeah, the fam's not, that's harder. Yeah, that is, that is very harder, difficult. Yeah. 
Um, it gives me something to look forward to on Christmas Day after the presents are opened. So I, I like that dynamic, I was gonna, too. I was going to say, you don't have anything to look forward after to on the, presents? After the presents yeah. are open, things die down. It's like, oh, BYU's got a game. Let's go. Yes. NBA is always bringing it that day. There's a couple garbage bowl games. It's always great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> garbage bowl games. Yes. <laughs> Jeremiah guy, DJ BNMA, wrote yesterday, the New York Daily News, that the Jets should trade for Nick Foles or Nick Mullins as backup veteran mentors to Zach Wilson. Do you like the idea of a capable veteran like one of those Knicks to mentor and push Zach? Yeah, I think it'd be great. Absolutely. Do you prefer one over the other? Nick Foles is an actual threat to play a little bit. Right. Uh, Mullins would not be. He was the third string for the Niners. He got some run a couple years ago. I like Nick Foles. Southern He's a Miss. Super Bowl champion, for crying out loud, in a backup role. Yeah. So I, I like that, and I think it would push Zach in the right ways to make him bring it every day. They're playing Zach from the start. But sure. It, but there's a chance that Nick Foles actually plays a little bit if because he started for the Bears a bunch last Sure. Year, right? Can BYU Sapo in four straight to advance to the Super Regionals for the second time in program history? Ooh. Percentages in history would suggest no. It's so tough it's so to lose the first game yeah. and then come all the way back up through the elimination bracket to do that. BYU Baseball did it in the West Coast Conference Tournament a few years back. 2018? And it was incredible. Yeah. But it's so tough to do that. I think BYU is capable of beating Southern Illinois today, beating Virginia Tech in another elimination game, and getting to championship Saturday. But beating Arizona State twice on their home field, that task is really tough. I just, I just yeah. don't see it in the percentages. Go, go do it, ladies. Go do it. Yeah. Prove us, prove Look, us wrong. Like, they, do, can, do, they can do it. Do what is not expected. It's, it's Percentages say no, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. Exactly. Cash Peterman. BYU football kicker debuted his second custom-made BYU helmet. The latest, a silver chrome special with a stretch Y. Garam, do you like the chromed-out BYU football look? Yes, I really do. Also, I like that Cash Peterman is a walk-on <laughs> kicker whose, whose vibe is the helmet guy on Instagram reels and TikTok. Like he's he's carving he's wearing out wearing overalls with one strap. That's Caleb Loner style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Caleb's like, there's one of us on campus. Caleb and Cash. They need to host a show. They have a podcast. Or yes, a podcast. Caleb and Cash. I like I like new looks. It's fun to see BYU's decal on Chrome stuff. Yeah, I, not sanctioned, but that's okay. It's cool. It's cool. Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell says he wants to have a live lion on the sidelines this season. <laughs> No knee biting on kneecaps. How would having a live cougar on the LaBelle Edwards Stadium sidelines change the game day experience for everybody? Uh, uh, no. His name is Dan, Daniel, and he's the Lions coach, oh, right? nice. So I shouldn't be that surprised. Well, he, he doesn't want to tame the Lions. He wants to, uh, yeah. A live cougar on the sideline of LaBelle Edwards Stadium? That would certainly make things interesting. Certainly ramp up the game day experience for fans. Um, I, I, don't would, know, yeah. I don't know how I feel about a caged animal on the sidelines in Provo. Well, it happened. <laughs> um, and here's here's the first look at it. <laughs> Kalani with with uh, real cougar. Now, here, boy. I I didn't look up I didn't look up the deeds before the show, so I can't remember exactly when this was. But I think it was like the '40s or something. BYU had two cubs mm-hmm. on the sidelines, and uh, the, yeah, there they are. It was like like Cleo and Tarber or something like that. I, again, I've, I haven't looked up the details. Um, 
Yeah. Is this pre World War II? I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you the unfortunate ending to this when they got loose on the south side of campus, which is really sad for the cattle that they killed. But um, yeah, this happened. This was the thing at BYU. There were cougar cubs on campus. Yeah. Back in the day, they brought them on the sidelines a few times. Apparently. PETA is canceling BYU because of what happened in 1940. Well, a lot of cancel culture going on. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty hilarious, actually, that that happened. Cougars. <laughs> two of them. Two yeah. of them. Also, yeah, Kalani will have one this fall. Oh, my goodness. Only against Utah, and it will accidentally be released on this side. I would love to pet, like, a tamed cougar that's some, mostly under control. Is there a control. tamed cougar? At the zoo, Does maybe? it exist? Like, you know, see, the people that hang out with it lions and It would have to be tigers, sedated. The Tiger King? Is there a cougar king? I'm pretty sure cougars have no chill. <laughs> lions feel like they have a little bit of chill for whatever reason. Are there cougars? I don't that know. That have chill? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. We ain't got no chill, man. That one on the, uh, you know, up on the paths here with the guy, like, right, ain't no chill for that yeah. one. Yeah, well, it found out it's two cubs were missing, so it was upset. Cleo and Tarver! <laughs> from this, 80 years ago! This morning, country music star Garth Brooks yes. did not have a cougar on a leash. Are you sure it wasn't Chris Gaines? <laughs> or, <laughs> All right, how do we know? Okay. Posted a video promoting the sales of tickets for his upcoming tour. Yeah. Something about what he was wearing caught our eye, Jerem. A love one another sweatshirt in royal blue, no less. Similar font. Okay. Is Garth Brooks a BYU fan? Naturally, no. It would have a stretch way on it. But it's it's close, though. It made us think that. It's Chappie tweeted that out, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, the royal blue. And I like the message that he's promoting for sure. Here's how desperate we are. We're excited that someone has a blue hoodie that has a phrase we use. Yep. As if it was ours. No shame. What day is it? May 20th. Yep. Coming up. Rise and shout out to the seniors. <laughs> Lots of money being handed out in really the highest Where? levels of college football. Oh. Can BYU get their hands on any of it? Next time. This is BYU Sports Nation. You handing out any money? No. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation, uh, we have our own YouTube channel. We've been using BYU TV Sports. We've now created BYUSN, so follow us on YouTube for compelling and rich content, including all the full interviews every day from the show. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. It's time to talk big money. Big money segment, Jerem. Per USA Today... We know the following payouts from each of the Power Five conferences to each and every school within those Power Five conferences based on the 2020 fiscal year. This is going to hurt. Let off by the Big Ten. This is like, what's your salary? Let's read the salary of people who make way more than you. (laughs) $54.3 million per school in the Big Ten conference, which is actually 14 schools yeah espn fox big 10 network Woo! 54.3 they are the leaders in the clubhouse of the big money game the sec i think most people think oh the sec's got to be the leader right 45.5 million dollars per school the big 10 network is a bigger deal than the sec network yeah the big 10 network is the exception that has worked out right yeah, the Mountain's like, what did we do wrong? As is the Pac-12 network. You were in SD. That was what, the problem. 
The Big 12, 40.5 million plus regional slash local TV packages. So if you add the Not 15 million a year. behind the SEC. If you add the 15 million a year from the Longhorn Network for Texas, then they're right up there, actually a million above the Big 10. Yes. Texas is Texas. Yeah. ACC, $37 million. And the Pac 12, $33.6 million per school. Not far behind. But how much of the $33.6 million per year for the Pac-12 dealt with the fact that they were in California and were largely shut down more than some of the other Power 5 conferences that actually tried to make a little bit of money and keep playing college football? I don't think the TV deal would be affected by that. By the, the, the number of games? So, like, even though the Pac-12 only played six games, yeah, you don't think that there was any... We know they'd be in last place regardless. ...type of prorated scenario? I don't think so. Mm. I, I don't know, I guess. Uh, they were only 3.4 behind the ACC. That's pretty interesting. Okay. Because everything we've heard and talked about is like, oh, the TV deal. No. It's like, well, they're right there. Okay. What's the issue? I guess my next question is... Just what, what happens when they actually get their own network doing something? Mm. Then what? Do they leapfrog the Big 12 and go into third place suddenly and the rhetoric changes? That, yeah, it's interesting. What do we learn from these numbers that have been revealed from BYU Power doesn't have as much money as this. Yeah. Um, no, BYU is in a great spot for what it can do. Can BYU control whether it's in a Power 5 conference? No. Can BYU control that it makes more than it would have in the Mountain West or even joining the AAC? Yes. BYU has more in its pockets from its football deal with ESPN than it would if it was in the AAC, which is the next best TV deal. Now, that would be, what, football only probably, right? Um, when BYU went independent a couple years after, we were like, oh, it's all in or nothing. No, no, no. We would take football only right now. It's all good. WCC, great fit for BYU. It's fantastic. You can still get to the tournament. It, yes. Uh, you know, BYU raised money during the pandemic successfully, try and make up what it lost this season. Um, you know, 2020 and, and into the fall. So I, I anticipate that this fall, we're, you know, I, I hope we have a full stadium. I think we'll have a full stadium. Like, why not? Sure. Um, I, I think we're, we're getting, you know, we're 106 days away. We can do that. We can do that safely. Um, and then the you numbers and the percentages, a lot of the ticket sales, yeah. Trending in the right direction. Yep, all that stuff. BYU's got the best possible, um, you know, TV deal it can get. I'm guessing that's not only financially, but obviously the access and relationship with ESPN is more than just the TV money. Yeah. It's games. It's, uh, you know, programming. It's, it's all kinds of things. So, yeah, listen, can BYU sustain independence? It's a question we ask a lot and at this time of year, right? We haven't even gotten into expansion, by the way. <laughs> it is the season. Oh, yes. It, it, and, uh, and I'm going to take the conversation there. Let's go. What do we learn from these numbers? That, again, it's doubling down, no pun intended, on why there is so much posturing and positioning and egos get involved in what conference do we want to be involved with to make the most money and Who are you, become BYU? the most relevant. Okay, no, not BYU specifically. Talking I'm talking about the shifting that I anticipate is going to happen when Power 5 conferences start to poach from each other. I they, think that's going to happen again. I don't know if it will because when it happened, they created – you know, legal clauses preventing such and, and take, well, you can always jump. You, exactly. Every, every contract can, you can be broken. You always pay your way out of but it. But it's steep, dude. Like, it wasn't like before where the, it's, it's steep now. Um, it could still happen. But if the We're contract like year it, is up, is what I'm saying. If the contract year is up, then it's up. No, no, no. Not like the league with the TV deal is independent of the teams. 
the team leaving the league is a separate sure, but thing. There, yeah. there, there are certainly more complications when you're under a heavy, hefty TV deal that you're already getting a lot of money for, and you try and leave the conference. What I'm saying is if the TV deal is up, that's, that's at least one of the major barriers. You're like, okay, whatever. If we go to this conference, we're going to make this, more, this much more in millions, and we can pay the fine that we're going to have to pay to the league to leave because we want to be in this conference over here. I wonder if that will actually happen. We're all talking like it will. It might. It may not. It may not happen at all. It, it might just be adding. But these numbers, I look at these numbers and I go, who's going to be added that will increase that number? There's not a single team not named Notre Dame that will do that. Like, equal, like, why would you just bring in someone to do an equal one? You would need someone to do better. They're already in the leagues. All the attractive Interesting teams are in the leagues. Obviously, BYU would be a massive benefit to a league, but not to the point where they're going to elevate that number significantly. If the Pac-12 were to do what they tried to do in 2010, get Texas and Oklahoma, Oklahoma, talk about a major shift. There's no way it happens. In how relevant now and how financially stable, more stable that conference becomes because you bring in two huge power teams in a conference that's making the least out of the Power Five conferences per team per year. But not by much. Um, And it ain't happening because Texas is going to situationally, culturally, demographically, regionally sit in that spot. And they're the kings, and they want to be the kings, and they're not going to leave to go to a new spot. They're the kings of that lake. They get 15 a year from Longhorn by itself. Like, all of a sudden – why is that going to exist within a Pac-12 structure? It feels like that would be complicated and weird. I just don't see any situation where Texas isn't okay. the king of its own league. What about they come to the power an Arizona and an Arizona Pac-12. State who have, in the recent past, been bothered with the Pac-12 scenarios, TV agreements, and have opened up the door to negotiations to a degree with Big 12 officials? What if Arizona State and Arizona jump ship and join the Big 12? USC was like, hey, we're going to go independent maybe. We want to be like Notre Dame and be the true Notre Dame of the West and be independent out here in Los Angeles. I don't actually think they want that. I just think they were posturing. Okay. Yeah. Just big talk. Yeah. I'm hoping for Listen, chaos. Because- Honestly, I'm hoping for chaos because the more chaos there is, the better it is for BYU to try and find a back door in to join one of these Power Five conferences. I'm not sure how it happens, but I would love, yes, obviously BYU being in a Power Five league would be the biggest moment in the history of the university. I'm talking sports or otherwise. Because it changes the opportunities you have as an institution financially to do things, right? Go look at the U. They're nonstop building stuff because they, yes, they have more money and they're spending more money, but it puts you in a different financial spot. It helps everybody on campus. Okay, some apt points being added to uh, our conversation by our producer, Ben Bagley, who added, the SEC network is in reality an ESPN property. In comparison with the Big Ten Conference, which is owned 51% of the network initially, with Fox being a minority owner, Fox bought two more shares back in 2010 to now own 51%, but the increased ownership stake equals greater revenue to the conference. So because Buy more of it. the Big Ten and Fox are closer to 50-50, that's why we're seeing those bigger numbers per team in the conference, whereas the SEC network, which is primarily owned by ESPN, they don't know any of that. It's just it's an ESPN property. So there's your difference in the nine-ish million dollars per year per team. Yeah, the worldwide leaders got to make money too, right? They're making plenty of it. 
Owned by Disney. Like, okay. They're doing just fine. Okay. Okay, coming up, what's the uh, what's your perfect BYU football schedule? And it's a senior weekend for the Batcats. And that factors into a rise in shout-outs next. This is BYU Sports Nation. And it's Sandlot Night. Let's go. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe rate and review. Our question of the day revisited now. What is the perfect schedule setup for BYU football that will, one, attract recruits, but also set BYU football up for success on the field? There's a balance there that needs to be sought, yeah. Our lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Randy Conover in on Twitter. Four to five chances to play Power Five conferences may be more probable. P.S. This will keep Jerem's third reason to live alive, God, family, BYU football. <laughs> that's my three major priority. <laughs> Everyone who knows me knows that's the case. Let's go. Today's rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Seven seniors on the baseball team. Uh, playing their final games. Uh, we learned from Mike Littlewood earlier this week that it's actually going to be more like four. Right. Um, so what, Easton Walker, Drew Zimmerman, Freddie uh, Achikar, and Danny Jellich. So yeah. um, good luck to, uh, you know, those guys. They've been, uh, they've been fantastic players. And then hopefully softball can get to the Super Regionals. If not, it's the final hurrah for a player like Riley Jensen, who's been one of the all-timers. Oh, so man. Hopefully they can pull off the improbable and get to a Super Regional. Yeah. It's uh, it's always an emotional time of year, you know, and uh, it's been a wild ride through springtime. Good grief. And you, my friend, are about to complete a <laughs> beep of a ride through all these games you've called from January to May. So I give one to you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Our thanks to today's guest, Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars. Sergeant Dennis Pitta, you haven't called your game. <laughs> Not for BYU, Not like, right? Not like that. Well, you've called for the Ravens on the radio. <laughs> For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ben Saylor. We'll see you tonight for BYU Baseball on the app at 8 p.m. Eastern. Go Cougs. Ben Saylor was the man. Yes, he-